I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, health intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I have had more than a few energetic interactions with bear in this lifetime and none in the wild ones except those in zoos when I was younger and when my sons were younger as well. Quite frankly the latter ones, the ones in zoos, don't count with me simply because the energetic fingerprint of bear is so commingled with that of humans around them that it's not really recognizable as bear energy although certainly the external part of that being can said to be still bear at least as far as humans choose to designate them as such which in and of itself is an interesting thought right In the reality of human experience, we create our illusion to suit what it is we need to continue that illusion. And as much as other species attempt to gather us in with them, we choose to resist. So that the authentic energy of bear, the one apart from the air quotes attacks on humans encroaching on their territory and the one apart from a ceaselessly pacing out their minds with captivity craze bear, their true essence never really comes through to us, either individually or as a species, which of course is everything. The individual experience and the collective species experience being not separate from each other. And perhaps our illusion of bear comes across from either end of the spectrum with nothing really being knitted together in the middle so that both extremes end up being like pinball bumpers. (laughs) We tend to fly back and forth between the bumpers occasionally using the pinball flippers to redirect ourselves into a loose semblance of partnership and balance with bear, heck, with all of the planet, only to be set off course again by the bumpers, the energy that seems so random, at least to us. And yet, of course, it's not if you've bought, you know, a quarter to a half a clue from Vanna. First connecting with and then understanding the energy of any species with such seeming extremes is best done on a continuum and with full neutrality and clarity that it couldn't be further from the game of pinball if it tried. Because number one, pinball is a game played against others while at the same time against a nameless, faceless entity, the game itself that we want to beat, i.e. contrast that we can't accept. And number two, because it excludes others' participation, it's the ultimate in the sense of internal and external isolation humans love in which to get lost, searching for whatever the answer is for ourselves. 
And I'm sure some of my listeners may say, hey, I enjoy a good game of pinball or any video game. And I would agree, saying I do too. I have fond memories of hours spent in mostly dark bars in my 20s, playing some game that started with the letter V that I can't remember, and I couldn't find the interwebs, although I certainly do remember the ex with whom I played this game in these dark bars for hours. And I'm sure some would argue that pinball is much more of a game of skill than the randomness that I perceive. And that's the key, right? Perception. To see what we want to see and to hear what we want to hear. As well, to experience what we want to experience, which from my vantage point is all about soul path, which is, say it with me now, way above our pay grades as seen through human experience. It simply can't be done because our illusions are too thick. So constantly seeking a why for an experience will be like a novice learning how to play pinball, only to discover at some point that chess is perhaps much more like the experience here on Earth. And that would be a definite choice to switch games. Our perception of Bear, by and large with the extremes I mentioned earlier, is about Kinshin schema on one end and apex predator on the other. A mother bear with her young cubs usually dripping with our anthropomorphism of being oh so cute with the harried mother carrying them back and forth across a crowded mountain highway for all of us to see. And as well, perhaps a combination of the mother bear with her young shifting her energy from grazing on a hill to fierce protector of her young and indeed into apex predator slash protector of not only her young but more importantly also of herself for well she knows that if she doesn't live neither do her young her legacy of genetic material is stamped so deeply into the forest of the earth that it would vanish without her protection first and foremost of her own territory and secondarily, a distant second perhaps, that of the territory of her young. It's interesting when watching a mother bear protecting her young because in the wild, they usually head exactly in the opposite direction from her, the young do, when she shifts into the fight mode of protection, only to reconnect sometime later in some cases when they both instinctively know and intuitively communicate that the coast, as they say, is clear. Because in that moment of protecting her young and their territory, she is choosing herself first. Because even if a predator succeeds in taking her young and the grief almost causes her to stop breathing, she knows that she will have chosen for herself what is right and true for her. It's more common, I think, that we perceive bear energy to be mostly female and gender, I think. The proverbial mother bear energy, again, protecting her young, while at the same time making sure that when she comes up against another apex predator, say human, she chooses wisely. In the case of getting all of her cubs across a busy highway, she may opt for keeping her head down and focus on her task. She understands that when she's surrounded by numbers of other predators, like you and me, that's the best path forward. Do you think it's mere coincidence that 
as she can't keep them hidden all of the time, her young that is, that she lets us see them, perhaps counting on the surge of Kenshin schema that she surely senses flowing from all of us? I don't think so at all. And I think it's an entirely different story when she's alone by herself on a mountainside and some hapless hiker comes across her path or their path if she has cups with her, and her response is chosen specifically due to the fact that you are out of your element and she is entirely within hers. Most of my energetic interactions with Bear have been female in gender or even genderless. And while I perceive them to be a support, we as humans also tend to perceive that protection is being extended to us and that perhaps without Bear energy, we aren't capable of protecting ourselves first. And when we do so, as Bear does always, we choose ourselves first. It becomes that energy a mirror reflection of the dormant energy we have inside, each one of us, that as we choose to see it this way, a validation of protecting self at all costs, it's a reminder of our oneness with Bear. That pinball game becomes a metaphor, of course, for our human experience, if that's what we choose, both individual as well as collective in one neat and tidy box. Certainly it's true that even for the most experienced pinball aficionado, there will be unexpected twists and turns of the bumpers, the velocity of the ball, the movement just a nanosecond too early or too late of the flippers. Yes, indeed, a very tidy metaphor for our experience on planet Earth. The missing piece, of course, being our sense of self and of the collective in our own species and with others as well. If we were to center and be self, as in soul, essence, etc., we may very well discover the word brought to us by Bear today, which is self. A fair amount of the metaphysical industry speaks to self with a capital S, and for animals, honestly, that is akin to the illusion of mind, meaning it's anything and everything outside of our physical experience that we cling to and attempt to access in a roundabout way so that illuminating our planetary experience tends to be similar to using a candle versus LED light. Then again, we start with what's most accessible to us, right? If a candle is what you have, then a candle is what you use. Then perhaps a shift to two or three candles happens. Then all of a sudden, a gas lamp. Pretty soon, it's an incandescent light bulb, and well, from there, the sky is literally the limit with its cacophony of starlight. The point being, Bear says, that without clearly identifying Earth as a place of bear experience and human experience and stork experience and whale experience, the self is completely overlooked. The collective of selves, if you will, as galactic visitors and to a certain extent without identity, except we do love our individual identities as humans, don't we? That while we're here, as galactic visitors, the unity of a collective agreement to be here pales in comparison to the diversity of experience. And yet, without the diversity of experience, you wouldn't have chosen to be here as part of the collective agreement. 
To that, I would say, nicely played, Galaxy, nicely played. A riddle within a conundrum, so to speak. One is not separate without the other. And yet, when you choose to shift focus away from the experience, the massive amount of energy you find as individual soul, first, and as collective, second, then the tables turn entirely in the individual experiences. The collective experiences start to pale in comparison on planet Earth. And so let's turn our attention to the channeled message from Bear this week of self. We'll begin the channeled message now. The inclusive female collective of your species are no less fierce than that of our own female collective. The rise of fierce protection to protect self and acknowledge that all choice flows from this alone in alignment with the female continual and consistent abundant cycle of earth herself. That as bear, I have the right and authority over my territory, including the skin on my back and the teeth in my mouth and the young that I birth, as do you. The territory of which we speak is not the ground upon which we walk, should you go to that place. Humans often take everything so literally, it's a wonder that you can gain enough sustenance season to season to sustain yourselves, and yet your arrogant pride at your trickery and abuse of the planet is running out, as is your time. Because the inclusive female alliance within the cells of your form vibrate with our frequency as well, your rise of protectiveness of self first may very well be seen and felt as attacking. Within all other species, none would dare to claim to be sovereign over the territory of another's physical form, nor their emotional or mental status. That is an absolute that is honored by all species. Do not let this false claim over self be seen as anything more than the perennial patriarchal trickery that it is, and absolutely use this rise of fierce protection starting with self, and allow it to explode unimpeded out to every other species on earth. It is only one aspect of the divine feminine that humans interpret as passive and receptive. That is balanced by the goddess Kali's fierce protection of self and all that emanates from that. Do not hesitate to claim advocation and protection of self for yourselves and only for yourselves. Only from this place can your true self be risen from the present ashes and bathe the earth anew in the cleansing waters of rebirth. And at least, that's how Bear sees it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lazanflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. Coming up on the next podcast in two weeks' time, much has been observed and anecdotally reported about the rebound of nature during the pandemic. Well, there's been a new word coined about that, anthropause, by science. Tune in to see how the animals feel about that. 
This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.